Hey there, welcome to Bandit's Keep. I'm Daniel. This is OSR October, day, let's see, 14. It is Friday, and I thought, what can I look at today? <laughs> One of the great things about OSR October for me is that it's making me dig out some of the stuff that I've really enjoyed in the past and maybe got buried under piles of more and more stuff that I keep getting, especially some of the, the blogs. I got to get back into reading more blogs. But anyways, I'm not going to talk about a blog today. I'm going to talk about an early supplement that I picked up. This is a, a magical rule book. It's called Wonders and Wickedness. It's put out by the company Lost Pages. It says Lost Pages book issue five. If you don't know about Lost Pages, I would say, and I mean, again, people that have been around longer than me can correct me, but they're one of the early, what I'll call OSR or fringe <laughs> designers that were creating games that were OSR compatible, whatever you want to call it. I mean, nowhere in this does it say OSR but that were really high quality. Not to mean that the the other stuff that was being put out wasn't, let's say, good quality content, but Lost Pages books and stuff were just really well printed, like the papers were thick, and they were a little more expensive. They had some really like beautiful little supplements that I've picked up over time. I have almost everything they've done, so <laughs> it's, a, it's a great company. Paolo Greco is, uh, I believe, the, the is at least the lead at the company. I don't know if they're the owner. But uh, they, they did the layout for this, Paolo did. Uh, you got interior art by Russ Nicholson, of course, an OSR classic. And design and development is B. Strijic. It First edition, December 2014. So this, again, called Wonders and Wickedness. It is a rules of sorcery. This is meant to replace the Vancean magic. So for those who hate Vancean magic, <laughs> this isn't really... 100% different, but it's it's a little bit of a twist on it. I'm going to read the forward, and uh, then we'll go through a few of the spells and how it works. The most common method of presenting spells within a fantasy RPG is ranking by levels. Characters usually only gain access to more powerful magic at higher levels. However, this is not the only reasonable approach, and the notion of no hierarchy of spells is the foundation of this supplement. Two important properties are required for such level agnostic magic in the traditional fantasy RPG context. First, power and spell consequences need to be modulated so that basic game challenges are not circumvented. That is, all spells need to be appropriate for beginning characters. Second, spell capabilities should scale to some degree with sorcerer level so that they remain relevant throughout the game. Following this logic, I present here a collection of spells without levels. Most were inspired by the original spells in Men and Magic by Gary Gygax and Dave Arneson, the first level spells in James Radji's Better Than Any Man were also influential in my thinking. So again, we're taking something that existed, OSR stuff, and re rebuilding it to be something that works for us. This is a, a very OSR type thing, right? That's why I say this is OSR. And again, it is taking Rob's uh, from Down in the Heaps approach. This is 100% compatible with TSR type D&D. Uh, there's a whole lot more here, but I'm just going to go through some of the basics. All right, rules for sorcery. Spell acquisition. Sorcerers begin with three spells determined randomly. New spells must be discovered in play. An intelligence check or similar role is required to learn a new spell. If this check is failed, the spell may never be learned by the sorcerer. This rule makes each sorcerer's complement of spells somewhat unique. This I love, and I'm actually using this type of thing, uh, not the spell check, the intelligence check, maybe I should do that, um, in my OD&D campaign. I'm making it, well, they all started with spell books, more than three spells, but no spells are had just by leveling up. You've got to find them in play or 
they're actually doing this now, research them, which, which costs thousands and thousands of gold pieces and time, obviously. Spell preparation. Sorcerers may prepare one spell per level in the traditional Vancean manner. Spells await from memory when cast, etc. Thus, a fifth level sorcerer can prepare five spells during each downtime between adventuring. So there's a few cool things here that I like. Number one is that it simplifies things, right? You don't need to have a chart of how many of what spells, whatever. It's still Van Sand, which of course I personally love Van Sand. I will say that there's a second supplement to this called, oh, I don't know, maybe I'll talk about it later. I can't remember the name off the top of my head, but it's a really cool little supplement. It adds more spell categories and they have kind of a, a mana spell casting option where you can like pick up mana from other things. So to make it a little less Van Sand, but I like the Van Sand system. I always find that to be a great way to do it. And I love how they describe it as memorizing spells between adventures, because that's very BX to describe it that way. All right, duration. Unless otherwise stated, the durations of all spells are equal to the sorcerer's level in exploration turns. So again, really simple. I'm, I'm skipping around now. Specialist. Focusing on one kind of magic has several benefits. First, when determining spells randomly, specialists may always choose to roll on one spell table pertaining to specialization. Second, specialists are never required to make an intelligence check to learn spells from their specialty. Third, all spells that belong to the given specialty have an increased duration. In exchange for these benefits, the sorcerer must forsake access to an entire specialty of magic. I think that's great. So I'm not going to read everything here, so I'm just going to go through quickly. So we've got, they have uh, sigils that you can put on things. Some spells will allow you to put sigils, which are basically lets the spell last longer. If you're going to do, um, you can only put one up basically at a time per spell. So you can use it to kind of make temporary magic items, for lack of a better way to say it. Um, so you can put it on things like sometimes if you have to do like a spell that's going to curse somebody or something, you have to put your sigil on it, which is kind of cool because the way they talk about it here, they basically they're known by other magic users. So if you put your sigil of a curse on somebody and then it's somebody else removes that curse and sees your sigil, they're going to know it was you. Uh, there's magical defense and spell duels. Any prepared spell may be expended to protect one person per sorcerer level from the effects of one spell. The decision to use magical defense must be made before damage or saving throw dice are rolled. So again, really quick way to have a defensive thing without having a defensive spell. There's also malfeasance, which is effectively the opposite. You can expend a spell, basically say, oh, I'm going to get rid of this spell for the day. You know, you expend that slot, if you want to call it that, and instead cast a, uh, basically a, like a magic missile, you know, at, at somebody. You decide what the missile is when at the creation of the character with the description, fire, lightning, cold, etc., And that's basically your weapon. You can use it whenever you want, as long as you have a spell memorized. Um, so it talks a little bit about backwards compatibility. <laughs> it basically says you can take all these spells and just make them first level spells if you want to use the old system. Or you can just basically uh, make a class that uses this, which I don't think I'd recommend because this is a little too different. So I don't know if I'd have a class that used these spells. I think I'd probably use them all as first level or more likely, uh, basically just make every spell in the book available to all casters and just make the really high level spells super rare and you know you could take a spell a six level spell from DD and use the system with it you would just make sure you didn't put it into your campaign available to the players until they were high enough level all right so jumping past that we've got catastrophes so again this is again a very osr style it doesn't really tell you exactly how catastrophes happen but it says spell catastrophes may be triggered in the following cases spell interruption sorcerer death casting spells beyond normal allotment so, hmm, that means you didn't memorize it. Again, interesting. Non-sorcerers casting spells, also interesting. Curses, sorcerers traps. And there are 12 catastrophes for each type of sorcery, leading to 84 in total. They're at the back of the book. Spell list. The following specialties are available in this document. And then you go through the various specialties. 
there's uh let's see 56 spells total they're broken up into i believe eight specialties seven specialties it looks like eight spells per so i'm just gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna do it in the pdf because my book's actually at my my studio where i play because <laughs> i'm using it in my current campaign so i'm just gonna kind of take the pdf and randomly pick a, a, a page okay necromancy death ray kill one creature of a level less than or equal to the sorcerer's level a saving throw applies Though even if successful, the target takes three dice of damage. There is a one in six chance that any creature slain by the spell will rise either immediately or in the future, dedicated in undeath to vengeance against the sorcerer. <laughs> so that's amazingly powerful, except you can only kill. Well, I mean, basically, if you're shooting a first level monster, your first level, you're shooting a first level monster. It's going to kill them because they're taking three dice of damage. They probably don't have more than that. I mean, unless you roll really bad, they're probably going to die. So you've got kind of an instant death spell against low-level monsters, and when you get to higher levels, your 10th level, you can wipe out things that are much higher level. But of course, if they make the save, they probably have more than enough hit points. Very, very cool. All right, let's jump forward. I'm going to jump into, let's see, Elementalism. Storm Speech. The sorcerer may command the weather, though only in generalities, such as summoning powerful winds, occluding the sun with dark storm clouds, or causing a downpour. Invariably, any weather modification will result in threefold retribution as the skies become enraged by mortal interference and reassert dominance in the days to come. Storm speech is most commonly used for speeding ships on placid seas as the seafaring sorcerer will likely be far away from cosmic rebalancing when it comes. So again, that's pretty cool, right? Super useful, but has some kind of little drawback if there's a problem. Let's do one more. All right, translocation. Let's see, I want to pick a short one. <laughs> Here we go. Living gate. The sorcerer must first inscribe a gate sigil on a conscious creature. By casting the spell, the sorcerer and a number of companions equal to level may step through the body of the insigil creature as though a door. I've actually used this in the game. The creature must save or take one die of damage per traveler, though this damage will only potentially lead to unconsciousness, not death. So this is fantastic because you could take, you could have one of your party members, let's say the thief or somebody that's really uh good at sneaking or one person has the invisibility spell or something like that. That one person can get into this space. So before they go, you inscribe on them your sigil. And then once they're in the right space, literally the rest of the party just step through their body, but they'll take damage. So again, it's a risk reward. And without making this too long, I just want to jump into the catastrophes because they're always fun. Let's see. I'm going to pick one here. Uh, Psychomancy. I'll pick the third one. So you have a Psychomancy... You're casting a Psychomancy spell, or you roll this randomly if you're just using general catastrophes. Anyone coming within several paces of the Sorcerer begins to hear the Sorcerer's surface thoughts. This is experienced as sibilant whisper that becomes clearer and louder with proximity. The effects makes it difficult for the Sorcerer to lie or mislead, and is permanent. Woo! So again, risk-reward here. You can cast these spells, they're powerful, but man, you do not want to screw up. And the thing is, it's not one of these deals where you roll to cast, and if you get a one, you have this. These these happen when major things happen. Spell interruption. This Well, obviously, Sorcerer dying wouldn't be... I guess if you died and came back, you could have this. Uh, things like trying to cast when you don't have the spell memorized, stuff like that. So, again, you're setting the... the or curse, I guess. You're setting the PC up so that... Or the player up so that if they want to do something that's out of the norm in order to be able to succeed, because maybe it's a life or death situation, they're risking something. And let's go one more. This one's in Vivamancy. 
We'll take uh, number five. The sorcerer falls unconscious and remains so for a day and a night. During this time, the character rises as if in great pain and slowly develops features of an animal native to the region, such as fangs of a wolf, the pelt of a bear, or the horns of an elk. Oh, that's cool. And let's do one more thing here. I really love this book, if you can't tell. All right, these are going to be uh, Enchanted Treasures. Oh, these are very cool. All right, let's just pick one that's not too long. All right, Coins of Bewitching. These gold coins are quite old and marked by an obscure sovereign few will recognize. They are also carved with an arcane symbol, which will be recognized by sorcerers. Anyone who takes payment, either full or partial, in the form of these coins is bound to obey one command issued by the purchaser. Once the coin is used for commerce, the symbol disappears and the coin becomes mundane. 1d6 of these coins are generally found at a time, and it's said that these coins led to the proverb, never take a magician's money, a saying which still bedevils sorcerers to this day. <laughs> okay, that's really, I haven't used that. That's fantastic. I'll definitely use that at some point. So you got some really fun magic items in here. You've got, uh, again, spell catastrophes. You've got... Obviously, all the different spells. And at the very end here, we have a index that tells you where all the spells are. So if you have to look something up quickly. The book is a very simple design with only some interior artwork, again, by Russ Nicholson. You've got just a black cover with a really beautiful, um, really beautiful kind of a snake eating its tail. But it also has feet <laughs> kind of thing going on here. And yeah, it's just a great book. Like I say, the, uh, is it Marvels and Something that I'll, I'll see if I can find the other book or I'll, maybe I'll talk about it before the end of the month. Uh, the, there, there's an additional book added on to this that, again, uses mana and stuff like that. If you're into that kind of thing, I think you can even recharge it by like finding like mana sources. So if you're into that kind of stuff, then that's cool. But if you are like if you like the Vancean system as far as the memorization, but you don't necessarily like leveled spells, you know, I find these to be great, too, also for one shots. Because you can give very specific spells that work. You could say, you know, oh, you guys are all elementalists and you've been sent to do this project or whatever, you know, that kind of stuff. Or if you wanted to run an adventure that was all spellcasters, you could give each of the player characters, like say three spells from the from the list from the each of the lists, right? Because it's the seven lists. So you could, you know, if you had four players, you could have like one elementalist, one uh, vivimancer, one uh, uh, necromancer, you know, stuff like that. And you could really kind of mix it up and play around with it like that. So I really like it. It's a great supplement. I recommend you pick it up. I, because I did not look, I'm sure it's still available. I, I know you can get it in PDF because I have the PDF right here. So I'm guessing that's through drive-through. I'll put the link below. I'll put a link to lost pages anyways, even if the book's not in print anymore, I'm sure that it will, it will be again at some point. Cause again, this is a great book and really one of the earlier things that I picked up that I would call, you know, OSR even if it doesn't have anything directly to do with TSR, TND, it is 100% compatible in my mind. So there you go. OSR October continues. If you would like uh, to call in, you can find a link to that in the show description below the show notes. I'm getting lots of great calls. I did that massive calling episode the other day. Uh, thanks for all the calls. You uh, There's the anchor link. And of course, you could join my Discord server, which I highly recommend. We're having a lot of great conversations over there. Uh, jump in on the Discord server, send me a direct message there. That's an easy way to do it. Or if you don't want to join another Discord server, I am on Audio Dungeon and also Clerics Wear Ringmail Discords, so you can jump in there. Also in the show notes, I have a list of other podcasters I know are doing stuff for OSR October. If you know somebody who is that I have not listed there, please uh, send me a note and I will add them to my list. Let's see, what else? I guess that's about it. I need a good sign-off. I've got three that have come in. 
uh, so far. Uh, the most latest one is Keep On Rolling, I think is the thing. I didn't write them all down. I probably should have written them down when they came in. <laughs> so this is why I don't have a good sign-off because I don't write things down. So let me know if you have a good sign-off. Uh, if not, then it will always just be, I'll talk to you soon.